This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by our daily holiday specials, The 12 Days of Christmas. Sign up at fullfocusplanner.com slash 12 days. That's the number one, the number two, days. fullfocusplanner.com slash 12 days. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet. So you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays. I'm Verbs, here today with Blake Stratton and a very special guest. Blake, good to see you, my friend. I'm going to let you do the introductions as to the very special guest we have in the house today. Oh, what an honor, Verbs. It's good to see you on a Monday. Today, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Hyatt. Michael, for those that don't know him, is the founder and CEO of Michael Hyatt and Company. And he has written all your faves. You know, when you look over your bookshelf right now as you recline in your study, I'm sure that's what what everyone's doing when they listen to our podcast. They've got their (laughs) glass of wine, their feet up. I don't, you know, maybe not. It's Monday morning. Um, But when they glance at their bookshelf, they see their favorites. They see Free to Focus, Change Their Life, Gave Them Their Life Back. They see Best Year Ever that helped them set goals. They see these best-selling, national best-selling classics. Michael Hyatt is the author, my friends. So much of what you love about this podcast has come from the blood, sweat, and tears of his experience and uh, his diligence to capture those lessons and translate those into principles and tools for folks like us to use. So we're excited to have him on. Michael, welcome. Thanks, Blake. Good to see you, Verbs. Good to this see you, Michael. This is awesome. I love being on with you guys because this is truly one of my favorite podcasts out there because I geek out on this kind of stuff. I think if Courtney were here, she would refer to you as she commonly does as the goal setting guru. So it's December 2021, just around the corner, which means goal setting is probably on the minds of many of the listeners. But Michael, what would you say to the listeners who aren't necessarily looking forward to setting goals for 2021 at all, or who didn't find their 2020 goals very motivating? Well, I would say that, first of all, you're normal. You know, that's not that unusual. We encounter encounter this all the time. People have a lack of motivation. And the reason that they have a lack of motivation is that the goal is faulty itself. It's not Mm -hmm. you. It's the way you frame the goal. And most of us have never been taught how to create well-formed goals. And one of the things we like to say at Michael Hyde and Company is that a goal well-conceived is a goal half-achieved. So if you frame it in the right way, and there is a right way to, to frame it, which I assume we're going to talk about during this episode, it'll make all the difference. It will get you excited about the future. And if there's one thing we need right now at the end of 2020, it's excitement about this next year, because it'd be easy to just kind of drift into this next year and kind of hope things improve. But we really do have agency or power to be able to design and create the future. But that does take some planning and it takes goal setting. And that's why I get excited about it. Blake, what are your thoughts on that? I agree. I think a lot of us probably went through this feeling of, I am letting myself down or this year's circumstances are letting me down. And it can be easy to blame the wrong things. And as long as we're blaming ourselves or just stuck in guilt or a shame cycle about our goals, it's hard to shift into excitement, to shift into motivation. It's important to realize that 
the problem is more than likely the design, the goal, the the tool that you're using. That's really what a goal is. It's a tool. So how could we adjust the tool? That is, I think, what I'm most excited to talk about with this episode because Michael, the goal guru himself, uh, has some great insights into, I think, what are some common problems, some common faulty issues with goals. Yeah. So I don't think people should blame themselves for sure. But I think if there's blame to be laid anywhere, it's in what we've been taught about goal setting. And most of us have been taught a framework called the SMART system. And General Electric pioneered that back, I think, in the 1950s, maybe the 1960s. But it's a very, very popular framework. I learned it early in my career. But here's the problem. In that acronym, and it is an acronym, SMART, the R stands for what? Realistic. But realism is overrated. So it's a mistake to create realistic goals. And here's why. Because it's hard to motivate yourself when the goal is too easy. And one of the best things that you can do to fix that is to shift the meaning of that R in the acronym to risk or risky. So what you want to create is not realistic goals, but risky goals. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but that's really what I'd I'd love to unpack as we talk through this. So let's jump into the three reasons why risky goals are so important. What makes risky goals so powerful as we set them? The first reason is risky goals increase your motivation. And this is uh, based in, in science. When we've altered this, you know, as Michael said, the SMART framework is, has been looked at as a, a holy grail of, of goal setting for so long. And really, uh, it was done without the science, the studies, the research uh, that we have the benefit of today. And psychologists Steve Kerr and Douglas Lapelli said, difficult goals are far more likely to generate sustained enthusiasm and higher levels of performance. Michael, have you seen that? Can you speak to that at all? Oh, totally. Back when I was in corporate America, one of the things I would see is that sales departments would typically be setting their revenue growth goals and they would, we would call it sandbagging, you know, like protecting mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. against the blowback that might happen if they didn't accomplish that goal. So they would set a goal that was just slightly above what they'd done the previous year so that they could protect themselves. And then typically that's, you know, they wouldn't even accomplish that. You know, maybe they would stay flat with the last year. But here's the problem. Goals that aren't risky, they won't ignite your imagination. They don't compel your best effort. And in order for you to be engaged with your goal, to really stay the course, it's got to be something that's a little bit difficult because that struggle keeps you engaged. Plus, just the prospect of achieving a bigger goal is exciting all by itself. And you need that excitement to get started so that you don't procrastinate and to stay the course and actually achieve the goal. Michael, I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on this. Being that 2020 was such a weird year for everybody, businesses are still uncertain, still in recovery. People are still in recovery emotionally and physically and all of that. So it seems like there would be a little bit of a hesitancy on setting risky goals when we're already coming out of an uncertain year. Is there any anything you can speak to around that to just help people think through through that process. Yeah, here's the thing people desperately need right now is a sense of meaning and purpose. Yeah. Something that's big enough to get them to stop being distracted by all the stuff that's happening in the macro environment, 
to get focused back on what they control and stop worrying about what they can't control. So, for example, I think of the, you know, the infamous Apollo 13 and, you know, it, it had its issues in space and NASA said, you know, Houston, we have a problem. And so they got galvanized, focused on getting those astronauts safely back to Earth and they did it. But everybody was engaged. Everybody was focused. And that was chaotic. A lot of stuff outside of their control, a lot, it would have been very easy to just kind of throw up their hands and say, hey, you know, too bad. I guess we lost those guys. But no, they realized that that was still under their control and they could still move forward. And I think that's what people desperately need today is to know that, that just because there's a lot that's outside of your control, there's still a lot that's inside of your control. In fact, I sometimes think if I just stopped watching the news, I would feel a whole lot better. <laughs> Because, you know, that whole thing makes me think that there's all this chaotic stuff out there that I can't do anything about. And there's a lot of agency that we still have on our lives and work. Michael, I love you always bring up the fact that um, your wife, Gail, often asks that question, hey, what does this make possible? So there's a pathway that could be made and not just a brick wall of, which, of something you can't get over or get through. But, hey, current circumstances, looking at them, knowing the, rea the reality of what's going on, but what does this make possible? So... Love that. Well, I think the people that take control of the future by designing the future, and it's really important what I just said, take control of the future by designing the future. Those are people that are going to be more at peace, feel more at confidence, and actually do something more exciting that's going to enlist their best creativity, their most focused thinking, their best efforts. And one of the things I did want to talk about is how do you know when it's risky? You know, mm -hmm. How do you know when the goal is risky? You know, you're going to feel some emotions. But there are emotions that we typically associate with something negative. It's, it's these three, this triple header, this trinity of emotions, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So when you set a goal and you feel a little bit of fear, why? Because you might fail, okay? That's a good emotion to feel because that indicates that you're on the right track. When you feel some uncertainty, you know that, that, that the goal is set in the right place because you don't really clearly see the path. You want a goal that you don't know how to get to so that, again, it's going to command your best thinking, creativity. This is where breakthrough thinking occurs. When JFK stood up before a joint session of Congress and said that he wanted us to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade, NASA did not have the technology to make that happen. They did not know how they would fulfill that goal. And yet it inspired a nation. You know, it got us really focused and we were able to do it, not, you know, by the end of the decade, but before the end of the decade, because that was a, because it was a goal that made people feel uncertain and people have a hard time living with uncertainty. So it forces them to work on the problem and solve for it. Third thing is you want that doubt. And that doubt is, is really sort of the doubt about whether or not you've got what it takes. Do you have enough capital? Do you have the resources? Do you have the know-how? Whatever that is. But if a goal causes you to feel fear, uncertainty, and doubt, I really think we have to reframe that and see it as see those three things as positive indicators that we're on the right track. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, like super crazy goals that make you terrified or make you confused or make you just, you know, fall in a puddle in a fetal position. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about set a realistic goal and then dial it up to where you begin to feel those emotions. Our first reason to restate that risky goals increase your motivation. The second reason we want to dialogue with Michael about is 
risky goals grow your margin of success. And to continue on with our outer space theme of this episode, (laughs) have you heard that cliche, shoot for the moon, even if you miss, you'll land among the stars? I don't know how scientifically accurate that is, but the spirit of the cliche is absolutely true, isn't it? It's so often I think- Yeah. So often with goals, I I think, Michael, you alluded to this in this prior reason, we're tempted to protect our downside, but risky goals flips that on its head, right? A realistic goal, that's going to protect your downside. A risky goal is going to protect your upside. That's right. It's that logical path to increasing the margin of success. That's exactly right. When you stretch yourself, you know, you may, in fact, technically miss the goal, but you're going to be miles ahead of where you would have been if you had set a safe goal. And again, it's going to, especially if it's, you know, if it's out there beyond your comfort zone, it's going to stimulate your creativity. It's going to force you to innovate. And, you know, one example that I, I, I think I quote this in my book, Your Best Year Ever, which is all about goal achievement, but I talk about uh, the Japanese bullet train. And the government realized that cutting down the commute from Tokyo to Osaka would strengthen the economy. I mean, if you could get there in half the time, that would be incredible. So the typical approach to goal setting would be, you know, to say, for example, let's shave a few minutes off that train ride. You know, if we can incrementally improve the engines or the train technology or whatever it is that makes that happen, fuel consumption, whatever, you know, that would be a win. But no, what they decided to do was to cut the time in half. All of a sudden, everybody had to assume beginner's mind, which is hugely helpful. They had to uh, put aside their assumptions. They had to start fresh and build it from the ground up. And so they were truly in the land of breakthrough, the land of innovation. And guess what? They did it. They cut the travel time in half, which had an economic impact. And I think, you know, had an impact on their confidence that, you know, we can do hard things. And that's the other thing I love about risky goals. I remember a little over a year ago, we were ending the third quarter at Michael Hyatt and Company. At that time, I was on our sales team selling our business coaching program, Michael Business Accelerator, that you lead. And it was kind of a downer because we actually had fallen short of the goal we set for the third quarter. And I was honestly kind of interested because up until that point, I had never been on a Michael Hyatt and Company team that didn't just crush the goal, right? We love to celebrate the wins. We're making, you know, we're hitting goals all the time. I think it's important to recognize, you know what, sometimes you fall short of the goal, but if you do set a goal properly, you've still gained quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You celebrate the wins. But I was interested, what is my boss, Chad, who was leading our sales team, gonna do next? And so we had a meeting, we processed through falling short. And I was thinking, okay, I wonder how he's going to dial this back. Because clearly, we overestimated our capacity last quarter. He said, team, you know, we had uh, a little bit of a disappointment at the end of that third quarter. Really proud of what we did, but we did fall short of that goal. And so for the fourth quarter, what I'd like to do is double it. (laughs) I'd like to double (laughs) the revenue number that we already fell short of. And I literally laughed out loud. It was a real-life LOL because I thought he was joking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, it was, yeah, but wasn't. I was also, it was, I guess it was probably more of a nervous laugh, you know, yeah. where I was, uh, 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 wait, are, are you serious? <laughs> you, you're kind of waiting. And he said, no, I'm serious. And it was the same principle that you just mentioned, Michael, of instantly 
not only did this goal have my total attention because I knew we're not going to get close unless this is a top priority. And secondly, I knew I wasn't going to get close to my contribution with that if I simply hustled harder. I think incremental growth is possible with a little extra little extra grit. But what you're talking about is actually changing the game. When you set a risky goal, it puts you in a creativity mode where it's not just how can I shave a few minutes off? How can I increase revenue a little bit? But how can I make a game-changing shift in my approach? And that's what we had to do. And as as much as I had doubted it, December 30th, <laughs> I got the message and we had crossed over. I, I thought there was no chance. We actually crossed over and hit that big revenue goal that was double our previous standard. And I couldn't believe it. And and we came up with some innovations in that quarter that we still practice today on the sales team. That's so powerful. What a great example. But you know, it, it, it does force that breakthrough, that innovation. And I think what most people do, the reason why most people are working 80 hours a week, it's the cumulative impact of using the incremental process to goal setting. So they wow. think, okay, I know how to do this. I'll just work a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. You do that year after year after year, and you're working 78 hours a week, you know, 72, 80 hours a week. And that's just a non-starter for us at Michael Hyde and Company because we believe in what I'm sure on the podcast you've talked about before, the double win, where we want to win at work and succeed at life. Right. And so the only way to force those kind of breakthroughs is make the goal bigger, but maintain the constraints. You know, like we, we don't want to work harder. We actually want to work less. We want to be more focused and we want to achieve more. How do those two things go together? Well, amazingly, when you try to put them together, bam, you get a breakthrough, you get an innovation. And that's what makes all the difference. And before we move on to this next reason, I will say I've been amazed by just the pivots that a lot of businesses and people have been able to make during this past year, just because they've had to increase their innovation and how they thought, whether it be you know, being laid off from a job because of the pandemic, but that actually afforded them space to find another career path maybe and then pivot into that. Um, but they had to think outside of their, that pattern of thinking that they normally had because innovation was necessary and it was able to take them into a new, a new pathway for their life. So that was reason number two, risky goals, increase your motivation, grow your margin of success and Blake, Reason number three, if you don't mind, sir. Risky goals lead to greater transformation. That's reason number three. And Michael, there's a quote. I've seen it on the front of the planner before when I get my fresh new full focus planner. There's one of my favorite quotes attributed to you is a goal is often more about who we become than what we achieve. Can you talk about that? Because I feel like that's directly connected to this idea of risky goals and transformation. Yeah, the problem with realistic goals is they don't require transformation. I don't have to think differently. I don't have to act differently. I don't have to do anything differently because it's just an incremental increase in what I'm already doing or the way that I'm already thinking. But one of the things that I love about risky goals is that they immediately challenge your limiting beliefs. So you set a goal. And the next thing you can watch is your limiting beliefs bubble up from the deep recesses of your mind. And it's those limiting beliefs in many cases that are holding you back. 
So um, this gives us an op opportunity to confront those. And I think that most of the great things that happen in life are when we overcome a limiting belief that's holding its back, holding us back. There's nothing physical, nothing structural, nothing in the way that reality is organized that's keeping us back. And I suppose, you know, you can make the case that sometimes that's, that's it. But more often than not, it's our thinking that's holding us back. So whether you, you look at, you know, beating the, the record for the two-hour marathon, which was just recently done, or even back in the day when people beat, you know, ran faster than the four-minute mile, people said it couldn't be done. And as it turns out, that was a limiting belief. There was nothing that was keeping humans from running faster than that. Somebody just had to start to believe it. In fact, somebody had to set a goal to beat it, confront the limiting belief, and then put their body in gear. And so that's one of the great values of risky goals. It does lead to greater transformation. Wow. I'm curious, Michael, one of the things that you've been doing this past year is getting on Q&A calls with our coaching clients every week. And I'm sure that you've encountered some of those limiting beliefs. You've probably encountered folks that are just crushing it, folks that are really struggling because of the pandemic or other issues in their business. Can you think of when someone gets a hold of this idea, can you think of any example or a way that you've helped someone kind of break through this sense of, man, I'm, this is a very precious thing to me. I want to almost uh, cling to it. You know, I, I'm afraid of losing out more. Um, I'm curious if you've seen any examples or, or maybe give advice to people who are struggling, even seeing those limiting beliefs that they have. Yeah, you know, I think it usually shows up when people express to you what they can't do. Hmm. And uh, my daughter, Marissa, who's, as you guys know, is uh, our director of marketing at Michael Hyde and Company for the Full Focus brand. You know, one of the things she says when people express a limiting belief that has the word not in it or the word I can't is she says, if you say so, <laughs> if you say so, because what we say about what we can do or can't do yeah. really impacts our thinking and, in fact, is an expression of our thinking. So, for example, we have one client who um, uh, is in an industry where he provides health care, and in this particular case, vision care. And prior to this, they had kind of thought about maybe doing some, some version of telehealth, you know, to deliver it virtually. And they always kept coming back to the thing, well, we just can't do this. We can't provide the same quality of service. And so after the pandemic hit, and there was really no option. If they were going to stay in business, they had to pivot to some version of telehealth. They had to say, okay, what would have to be true? This is a great question to ask. What would have to be true for us to achieve our revenue goals and deliver what we deliver virtually? So that it's not just, you know, almost as good, but it's better than the experience was previously. So my doctor, my primary care physician, who's not one of our clients, tragically for him, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> one of our, my primary care physician, you know, they pivoted to telehealth and what was awesome, like, the, like I live in Franklin, Tennessee. So we're about, you know, it's a, probably a 30 minute to 40 minute commute to net downtown Nashville, depending on what the, the traffic is. Well, they pivoted to telehealth. I've had two appointments since the pandemic began and I didn't have to get in my car. So it, it saved me, you know, probably all the, you know, the travel time, the parking time, all that stuff, you know, a couple hours each visit. Yeah. For sure. And it was easy. You know, it was like, and you know, you go, you go to these things, you wait in the waiting room and it ends up being a, literally a five minute visit. Right. 
So you, you got all this before and after, but the telehealth made it possible for them to continue to serve their customers or their patients and to do it in a way that was more efficient for the doctors, was safer for the doctors for sure, given the pandemic, and was also safer, easier, faster for me. So I loved it. So we set the goal, as you guys know, at Michael Hyde and Company with our, with our coaching program that we're not just going to take a step back. We're not going to ratchet our goals back. No, we're going to keep our goals where they were because we want to force innovation and force ourselves to pivot. And let's just see what we can create. So for us, we think of it like a game, you know, and I think this is really important when it comes to goal setting, particularly risky goals is not to tighten your grip, not to begin to stress out, but to just say to yourself, what if this was a game and what if we could actually achieve this? How would we approach it? And when you're approaching a game, you're very resourceful, you're very creative, you're playful, and all those things lend themselves to problem solving. And I think the opposite of that, you know, is sort of when we stress out about it and we hold too tight a grip, you know, stress is the enemy of performance. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to kind of lighten up if we're going to achieve those those big goals, and particularly if we're going to experience the transformation in our thinking and our behavior. <laughs> That's so true. I'm remembering earlier this year, Michael, on the Zoom team Zoom call, probably in March or April, or even May. And you know, I'm on there, and you know, I had looked at my Twitter feed, and I couldn't find any toilet paper, and I had kind of come into just wondering, wow, what are we going to do to try to hit our goals and I wonder if Michael, you know, he's going to be all business on this call because we've really, there's a lot of pressure to do this. And I, I can say, and I, I share this genuinely, Michael, as a, as a compliment and as something that's really taught me is your energy really was completely consistent. And, you know, I don't assume to know what maybe happened in the background in a, in a workday startup to perhaps help you get there. But that same, hey. Is it, wow, we've got a lot of opportunity. <laughs> Man, there are more problems for us to solve today. Isn't that great? And I think that approach for folks, if you find yourself really just wanting to set an easy goal in 2021 because you think that's going to help it go easier, go better for you, I think I've learned this year from, from you, Michael, that it's not the ease or or the riskiness of the goal that was the problem so much as it probably was our perspective. Mm -hmm. And when you adjust your perspective to, like you said, you can embrace a risky goal as an exciting, imaginative, creativity-fueled challenge rather than a big identity-oriented, do-or-die type of proposition. Exactly. If I can questionate your statement there. I agree with what you just said, but Michael, I wanted to ask you, like, what is it, not just as a leader, but as with somebody who has to lead a home and also lead yourself, what is it that helps you make that shift to where, you know, you do have to deal with whatever the background stuff is, but when you have to come to a moment of leading that you're able to present it in such a steady um, amount of confidence and that it conveys to where it seems authentic, because I believe it is authentic, but what helps you get to that spot? That is such a good question. Uh, let me just try to get deconstruct a little bit. Sure. First of all, something you guys talk about on this show a lot is my morning ritual, you know, is crucially important so that I can kind of reorient, make sure the needle's pointing, pointing north and that I've got my bearings, right? And so I have to do that for me without people sort of in the quietness of my own soul 
in the morning and get focused on what's really important. I think another thing, and this is something I learned from uh, Stephen Covey, second habit in the seven habits, you know, begin with the end in mind. Yeah. And so when I'm coming to a situation like that, and particularly because my view of leadership is servanthood, mm-hmm. you know, how can I serve these people? What do they need right now? And so I, I've said to our clients, and I was saying to myself, and I learned to lead this way through the Great Recession, what people right, need right now more than anything is certainty and confidence, yeah. because it feels like the wheels are coming off. People feel like they're totally out of control. They uh, feel a lot of fear. And the simple act of me standing up and having sort of quiet but confident belief you know, about the future mm-hmm. is contagious in moments of uncertainty. So I think it's important as leaders to, to realize that you're going to replicate in the people you're leading, whatever it is that, that you are at that moment. That's why we brought them on, the wisdom yeah. bombs like that. You weren't even <laughs> expecting that. People signed up for this podcast like, oh, what dad joke is Blake going to spin next? And here they are in their cars, just mind blown. So you're welcome, everybody. There's a, a great quote from Dean Carnassus, who's an ultra marathoner, and he says this. He says, we equate comfort with happiness, and now we're so comfortable, we're miserable. There's no struggle in our lives and no sense of adventure. And I think what we're talking about today is just being able to take these three reasons, create a new sense of adventure for our life, knowing that there are more things possible, especially for what's ahead of us in 2021. And it's uh, and I believe it's going to be a great year, great year for opportunity. But as you're listening there, whether you're driving in your car, whether you're at home, sitting in your study, as Blake had mentioned earlier, but as you're headed into 2021, you don't have to feel like your goals are just a chore. By creating risky goals, you can increase your motivation, grow your margin of success, and achieve greater transformation. Once again, Michael, we appreciate you being here. It's always an honor to have your voice on the show. Uh, But are there any final thoughts that you can leave us with for our focus on this team? Yeah, I would just say 2021 can be substantially different for you than 2020. And you have a choice. And I often say this, but you have a choice. You can either drift into 2020 and just kind of take whatever comes. And usually that doesn't work out so well because nobody ever drifts to a destination they would have chosen. The alternative to that is to design the future. You know, will, will everything go according to your design? No, but that's part of the adventure and part of the fun. But it always goes better with design than it does by just drifting and hoping for something better. So start by designing. What is it that you want for 2021? Get clear on that and then follow where that's going to lead. I would also chime in and say, if you, like me, feel fired up right now, listening to Michael has inspired you to create some exciting, risky goals this upcoming year. I want to highlight a tool that I've actually used multiple times in the past My family now uses it together because it's so powerful and it is the course your best year ever. And I'm excited, especially for this year, because we've actually completely reshot this course, enhanced it. It's truly the best course ever of your best year ever. Uh, But Michael, I know that you you had a great time producing that. I'm really excited. I haven't gone through it just yet, but I'm excited to dig into it. And I would encourage if you're listening and want to just have someone help you process, I think the thing I would highlight is it's easy to say, oh yeah, I've got limiting beliefs. Probably I should work through those. But if there's something I could highlight, if 2020 has been difficult for you, 
One of the things I love about the course is, Michael, how you help the students of the course, folks like me, process through the past. Just acknowledge, not breeze by it and put on a happy face and go, nothing bad happened, I'm okay. But actually processing through, well, what didn't go so well and how can I learn the right things? How can I learn the right things from those experiences? and then translate that into exciting, risky goals for the upcoming year. Well, that's why I'm excited about this all new version of your best year ever, because we, we first of all acknowledged COVID-19 and I spoke into the specifics of that in this edition of the course. We realized that we're gonna have to completely reshoot it next year, but that's okay. We want it to be powerful for this year. Then secondly, we included uh, some new relevant examples and then third, we've got the latest, greatest goal achievement research. And, you know, to be fair, my team uh, collects all that stuff. And we've got a small team that is unbelievable in terms of getting the research, you know, combing the scientific journals and all the rest, because we want to give people that go through that course the edge. Yeah. So if there's anything that we know and we've learned about goal achievement that'll improve your chances of actually achieving the goal, I reveal all that inside the course. So that's what makes this really unique and special for this year. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for joining us. And thank you listening for joining us on Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the Internet. So please share it with your friends. Remember to use the hashtag focus on this podcast. And we'll be here next week with another great episode. But until then, stay focused. Oh, wait, wait. Let's do that again. Michael, Michael. Come on, this is a thing that we do on this podcast. I need you here with me. So I'm going to say until then, the listener is going to hold their breath, a big smile is going to crack, and then they're going to say out loud to nobody in particular in their car or at their gym, stay focused, and then they'll get some awkward glances around the gym, okay? So let's, let's get those awkward <laughs> glances for these listeners. And we'll be here next week with another great episode. But until then, stay, stay focused. focused. <laughs> This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by our daily holiday specials, The 12 Days of Christmas. Sign up at fullfocusplanner.com slash 12 days. That's the number one, the number two, days. fullfocusplanner.com slash 12 days.